five, four, three, two, one. Cell phones down, microphones up. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Wow. What a time to be alive. The sun is setting on 2019, and you can actually see 2020 if you if you look ahead. I can see it from my house. It's pre- <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild, right? So just before we get into the stuff, so a uh, little preview, what we, what we think we're going to do is talk a little bit about 2019 year interview. A lot happened. Some of it, I think, is, is laying groundwork for either the utopia or the dystopia. I can't tell which one. We'll talk about that. Um, but before we get there, um, you think about, what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be talking about culture, technology, and business, right? And 2019 was a great year. And it's going to be even weirder, I think. You think 2020 is going to be Sounds weirder than 2019? Right. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah. you look election at it. year weird. Think That's about true. It. Yeah. Impeachment it. election year weird. It, I mean, okay, if you look at the things that have happened since we last pressed record, uh, the Astros did not win the World Series, but are in a lot of deep trouble for cheating. Speaking of cheating... Uh, Trump is going to figure out whether or not he cheated and to what degree because he just got impeached, third president ever. The editor of Christian Today magazine yeah. said he should go. That was crazy. The fundamental wow. conservative base is starting to push against. I mean, the stock market went up. It did. That's it's it's, it's, it's 2019. It's a head scratcher review. Right, man. And, and uh, one of my favorite holidays happened, which is Spotify year in review. Um, I think, I think it's a lovely holiday, if, man. It's, the only thing that told me is how boring I am. The only thing it told me is that my kids play Moana consistently and yeah. I got to get them their own Spotify. That's, that's what you need to do. Well, they could play Moana or their favorite song, but shoot. Yeah. Salt and pepper, which we'll have to talk about. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's uh, tw- until the age of four. That's right. And then it starts to become a problem. <laughs> um, but 2019 year in review, stole the name from Spotify. Who cares? Um, so we'll go through some of the headlines, maybe a little commentary, and we'll probably do a little bit of predictions inside of 2020. Cause what would be a year in review without some, um, non, we don't want to do a 2020 predictions when we come back. Yeah, we can do that too. We should probably do that. We can do that too. All right. That's because so you just don't have any predictions. I don't have any predictions. <laughs> James 2020 like, will be at least 365 James days says, long. Gosh dang, you know I can't hit curveballs, man. What happened in 2019, James? Uh, you know, so much happened in 2019. The question is, what didn't happen in 2019? Nobody think about it. You, you go and you make a list of the things. I went and made a list of the things and I called it down. Like the things that stood out. And generally speaking, they were things that either really impressed me or really, really scared me or really, really vexed me in this order. Things that impressed me. Rocketry, commercial rocketry took a step up Mm. because now uh, SpaceX is not the only company with a re-entry vehicle. Blue Origin can do that as well. So take that, Elon Musk. Um, I thought that was impressive, if only because that is the most cutting-edge science there is out there right now, and I really enjoy watching it unfurl. Um, The thing that really scares me was deepfakes. This was the year uh, deepfakes came onto the radar. And for those who don't know what deepfakes are, they are the ability for artificial intelligence to very, very convincingly swap your face or your voice onto another person's body for video and float it on the internet. So you can be held responsible for saying or doing things that you absolutely had nothing to do with. Um, And then the thing that really vexed me was streaming wars. Disney Plus coming online. Uh, Netflix for the longest time was the only game in town. Now there's Hulu. Now there's Amazon Prime Video. Now there's going to be a plethora of different streaming services. And if I'm Reed Hastings and I'm thinking about the future of Netflix, I really don't know what I'm going to do because it's going to be tough next year. So that was that was my definitive 2019. I don't know. What do you guys let's think break, about that? Yeah, let's break those down. I mean, about commercial rocketry. Yes. That's like, what, what impact do you think that that's going to have? So we got rockets now that can land. So they're not disposable. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, more people entering the race. 
what is that? that it happens to only be billionaires. Sure. It's like the new flex. It is. It's like the new yacht. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, you have a yacht? Yeah, I've got a rocket company. But why Why should a normal normal person care about that? So we are witnessing... I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why a normal person should care about it. I know where I care about it. I know because we are witnessing the birth of space commerce. You know, the ability to go and actually yep. have a business out of going into space. And that's about the coolest thing I can think of. So, so I thought that was pretty so neat. Before before we press record, uh, we'll get to one of Ben's topics, which touches a little bit on conspiracy theories. But if you talk about space, you've got to mention NASA. I grew up yeah. in Houston. Yep. Uh, so it's <clears throat> especially near and dear to my heart. And one of the conspiracy theories, and so NASA and conspiracy theories are joined at the hip, right? Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is this, this resurgence in NASA branding. Have you guys noticed this? It's so a nerd chic. What's that? Kind of a nerd chic. It's not even. It's like hip hop cool kid chic. What? Yes. They can't talk about NASA. Yeah. Oh, they do. They uh, do on their um, fanny packs. They do on their slides, on their sweatpants, on their hoodies. And one of the things is, I think it's like getting an entire generation normalized to the thought that you don't have, you no longer have to be an astronaut. You just have to bring your checkbook, which I think is, is pretty I, wild. I really. Um, I look forward to the day in my lifetime that I actually get to go take a trip out into space. Would you and do it? I think it? it could happen. Absolutely. What I'd is do the, it tomorrow. What is the price point at which Well, would... that's the thing, right? Like you look at uh, the law of supply and demand in competitive markets. Classic economics tells you that I'll probably be about 70 before prices come if, down. Uh, would you pay $5,000 to go into orbit for 15 minutes? Um, if if, if $5,000 was like in my pocket, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yes. I mean, I pay there to, I, to go sit on the Mexican beach for ten, a week. Would so. you pay 10000 not right now, but maybe later. Okay, so right around it's space bucks right or regular right bucks, ninety eight hundred. Bitcoin, James. Yeah, to. exactly. It's uh, yeah. price sensitivity, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I could swing five grand to go to space. I think it'd be fucking fantastic for fifteen minutes. Why not? Yeah, it's fifteen more minutes than I would have otherwise gotten. Okay. Anything else on the commercialization <laughs> of human space? Travel? No, man. I just think it's like it's <laughs> it's fascinating to watch. I think when you think about for the longest time, the prevailing theory was that government and NASA was the only one capable of doing it. The engineering was too hard. The undertakings were too expensive and too massive. It took a government with trillion dollar budget to do this. And it turns out that there's actually the ability to go and do it commercially, probably better and more. A couple dudes in South Texas can actually make this happen yeah. for like 50 million. Yep. And he's yeah. like, so uh, Richard Branson's saying is screw it, let's do it. And he actually has his own version of it. So Richard Branson can pull it off. I think it's, it's a viable market and I think it's fascinating. So what watch. about the deep fake? I mean, that scares terrifying. the shit out of me. Just Does that not scare you to terrifying. death? Yeah. What? I, yes. So, I mean, I, I guess we talked a little bit about what it means, but how's it going to be used? I mean, they've talked about deep fakes being used to start world wars and um, attribute things to people that they didn't say. But like, what's the biggest danger there? I think the biggest danger is not deep fake. It's uh, the intelligence of the masses or the inability to suss out information on their own. So what I mean by that... Okay is we are all guilty of quoting a headline of an article we didn't read, taking it as fact, because it's just... I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> Ten I, reasons I, why James has never done yeah. that clicking. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, and when you get into that stuff, man, it, it's it's not that people are unintelligent, it's that sometimes we are unintelligent together. And and you look at... it's That's the terrifying part to me. You know what I mean? Um that's what I think is truly scary. But, but how's it going to be used? I think yes, you get into world wars and you get into stuff, get into things like this. But then you get into market manipulations with earnings calls. Mm-hmm. You get into um, geopolitical wars that are, are like new modern wars that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with. Um, that's where I think you're you're going to see it happen first and foremost um, because these big grandiose things are are going to be sort of obvious. It's the micro 
sort of transgressions where you're like, I can kind of see them saying that. That's and so there's whole uh, industries now built, that are popping up that are just about uh, identifying digital content that's been altered. So yes. there's platforms that are going to be able to suss this out. I'm sure people will be able to get around that. Is it- but I think that that part is interesting that there'll be just an entire business that didn't exist before that is validating Mm-hmm. any sort of digital content is real or not real. I kind of I kind of view it as, and I'm not 100% sure on how they're going about it. It's probably going to be some combination of blockchain and a, what's called ACR, which is automatic content recognition. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a, I see it as a novel application of an unforeseen thing, right? So think about Shazam for a political speech. Yep. Can I press this button while this guy's talking and it tells him whether or not it's real? Yep. Right? It's going to be that kind of... comes with custom yeah. encryption. It's yeah. Something or, like I mean, imagine if that's built into your smartphone or that's built into your internet service provider or whatever. I mean, there's like whole other areas of validation that probably will become a business model that's interesting. You guys see the Irishman? Yes. Deep fake. Deep the whole fake. thing was a deep fake. Yep. Yep. Right? I mean, it's kind of creepy. Carrie, Carrie Fitch, CGI Carrie Fisher at the end of the last Star Wars yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, for those of you who didn't see The Irishman, and apparently not a lot of people saw The Irishman. It's supposed to be one of the best movies uh, from Scorsese. It was not one of his best works. It was not. And more people saw Bird Box, which is not, that's not good. <laughs> see, but anyway. what did I tell you? People in mass are not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, The Irishman, they spent, uh, I, I want to say it was like 50 plus million dollars in. Uh, and a whole bunch of time, it was delayed because they made De Niro and uh, Pacino and that whole crew look younger using CGI. And dude, and you know, did you see how bad Joe Pesci looked? Yeah, and I don't think that was. I think that was just how he looks now. I think so. He looks horrible. Oh, but I had just watched Home Alone with one of my kids the day before. The greatest. Yeah, and I was like, ah, I wonder what Joe Pesci looks like that next day. I was like, Hey, the Irishman. Yeah. Holy shit, he looks terrible. Does not look great. And you know what though? A fake young Joe Pesci also doesn't look great. No, neither does a fake young no, Robert not. De Niro. None of those guys no, look very they good. They don't. They don't. But 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 it does bring up something really interesting, which is I saw a deal the other day. I think it was uh, Beethoven. Um, they're using AI to actually finish the end of his last work, a mm-hmm. symphony that he never created, and and essentially re you know write the end of it. But when you when you think about Carrie Fisher and Star Wars, and you you know now deep fakes probably have the ability to take actors and stretch their careers forever. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. That's it's like a bad a, thing. Yeah, and who owns honest, that? Like who owns the rights? Forever? No, thanks. Well, the estate. Carrot Top, right? <laughs> Carrot Top which is not a t-shirt is, I ever own. That's a meme. Carrot Top Forever I'm is actually, not a t-shirt. I'm, I'm going to trademark that. <laughs> Carrot Top Forever. And then I'm going <laughs> to... Hashtag. Hashtag no. But I, I I would bet that you would swap bank accounts with Carrot Top. People give that guy shit, but he's had I a I saw residency. that dude in the Bahamas one time. Yeah. That fucking guy is... He's jacked. He's jacked. His forehead is like a... Oh man, it's huge. It's just massive. Austin, make sure you put a picture of this in the liner notes. He has every endocrinologist in Las Vegas looking after that guy. I mean, all the steroids, all the, I mean, but he's got a residency for what, 20 years? Yeah. Hand over fist prop comedy. Something like that. I'm just mad I didn't do it first. All right, so so you got rocketry. Oh, but sorry, I yeah, got to yeah. tell you, carrot head, carrot, carrot top. top well, so uh, we were in, we we're at this restaurant. We walk in, and the this in is the, in the, the friend I'm with goes, "That's that guy, picklehead." <laughs> <laughs> Good old yeah, picklehead. Yes. That's okay, awesome. Okay, moving on. Yes. <laughs> one thing. One thing well, I will say about deepfakes before we move on that topic. I think the, the good part about it is the technology is known, right? So you think about where that's really dangerous is where, for example. Um, espionage 
and that's part of their bag of tricks and they keep it real quiet and they use it and they use it effectively. Um, when you know it's out there, you could at least work against it, which I think is, is that's probably the upside of it. Well, so I've got my three um, and we'll go from kind of creepy to creepy. Actually, I thought this one was creepy, but awesome. So Walmart this year, I've launched, been described as that. Yes. Yeah. Today. I remember like somebody today. told me that today. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's uh, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Weeping children. Uh, Walmart uh, launched, launched this service called in home. And so it is a grocery delivery, but they don't leave it at your front door. They actually come into your home. They open your door through a partnership with uh, smart home companies and they put your groceries in your refrigerator. Which I think is we talked about super that creepy. two we years ago, bit and that it. was that that was on but, the horizon. I'm glad to see it's happening. But to me, the reason why I bring this one up is because I think this is one of those things where, on first blush, you're like, "Why would I want Walmart in my home? That's creepy." They have body cameras mm-hmm. on the um, delivery guys to make sure that they don't go rifling through all your stuff, which in and of itself is really creepy because that means they're just filming everything that's happening that's in your true. home. But I bet the second I haven't had I haven't done this yet, but I think the second that you do this, you're gonna have this switch in your brain where you go, okay, Instacart, not enough. Those sure. guys leave it at the front door. Screw yeah. those guys. And then I have lazy. to pick it all up. I gotta carry it. I gotta make sure I'm there on time. I, Walmart just puts it in my, you know, in my refrigerator and it's fine. And these are these moments where things seem dumb or they th- they seem trivial. But then, you know, who would pay $7 to have a $5 sandwich delivered? Well, the guy a who's lot. hungover or mm-hmm. it's raining outside or everyone in the entire world, right? Everyone. So I think this is, I just thought that was one of those moments that, that was pretty interesting. So the Walmart in-home deal, yep. um, you guys know we talked a lot about the about Boyan Slat. Yeah, man. Uh, if you haven't, I checked him t-shirts. out. Yeah, he's like, I'm kind of a fanboy. Uh, I think he's like 16. 18 years old or something. He's yeah. got yeah. a hell of a head of removing hair. all that plastic patch yeah. from the Pacific Ocean. So he launched a new thing. So for those of you who don't know, he has an ocean cleanup project. Uh, they use this um, semi-autonomous, think of it as a barge that just floats around in the big uh, plastic patch, trash patch uh, in the ocean and cleans up a huge uh, amount of plastic. He has created a new thing called the River Interceptor, and they figured out that um, 80% of ocean plastic and garbage comes from 1% of the rivers mm. in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you get a flood, uh, people dump plastic in the river, and that all goes into the ocean, and that's where most of it comes from. So they found these thousand rivers, and they created this, uh, it's a solar-powered thing called the interceptor and it just sits in the river go check the video out we'll put it in the notes um and it doesn't block up the river it doesn't get in the way and they think it can clean up a huge amount of plastic like reduce it by almost 80 percent from the source and i think that's really cool because they're sort of constantly getting back to the root of the problem so instead of trying to clean up all the plastic in the ocean maybe we just stop it from happening you know it's really interesting i was listening to a um podcast on the future of recycling and they were talking about how we uh, american consumers get 100 percent of the blame for the plastic patch but we're only about 50 percent responsible um and about half of it was actually just chinese merchants pushing the stuff overboard and they never took it back to china to recycle <laughs> that that like so they're talking about how even so though china, all the stuff that that like, we recycle yeah that we thought we were sending it over to china yeah. to get recycled and they're like we're not going to recycle this and they just pushed it off the i was side always wondering why it's one big patch it's because that's where the it's, guy's it's, just dumping it over keeps the going there. It's, it's like, one guy on you, his way home he just pushes it over the edge you know why it's the patch 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. Sometimes, yeah. you know, just got to check in every yeah. now and again. Just make sure you do know about ocean currents. And yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. somewhat familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt so, them. So that was a... <laughs> I've experienced so, them. So there's, there's that. And then my last one, um, I would be remiss without talking about... The Tesla Cybertruck. Yes. Um, dun, dun, and dun, dun. not because they smash the windows, not because this thing is this like cyberpunk dystopian bulletproof tank, but because everybody thought that Elon Musk would just do what he's done in the past, which is a slight iteration of a car mm-hmm. that is electric, that's better, it's got better features, it's slightly more stylish. But in this case, you know, he could have just created another Dodge Ram or another F-150. That's what I'm talking about. But he went just nutso. And so far from what you're typically expecting, and I think people are talking about it like crazy. They had like, what, 200,000 orders yep. in the first uh, couple of days. I think, uh, I think I saw Forbes said that this could be about a four point billion, four point five billion dollar business for them. Yep. Um, and I just like the fact that whether you like it or not, I put my order down. Yes, sir. Anyway, but it's a hundred bucks, right? Yep. He's either going to make it or not. Do you think you're really going to get one? No. But what, what if he not. says good luck? Hey, congratulations. You, 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 it's refundable, fully refundable, oh, hundred dollars, and Apple Pay. And if he, <laughs> if he doesn't make it, I've still got my order, and then this thing will become like the biggest collector's edition in the entire world because he may end up only making seven of them. But I think that the fact that he went all the way out was something I just was not expecting. I, I thought it was awesome. So did you see that? Um, you probably didn't because you have you get a lot more traction on LinkedIn than I do. We have about the same following, but you're better at posting and getting reaction. I actually was pretty good. Mine was. Um, Tesla and Elon Musk uh, announced the new electric um, dump truck, and it was the Jawa Transport. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of laughs on LinkedIn, but that, that kind of tells you how I feel about that. The thing that I liked about that announcement, so people forgot all about what it can do, and they're just concerned about whether or not it looked cool. Mm-hmm. The answer is, does it look cool? The answer is yes. It looks badass. I mean, I first saw it, and all of a sudden I was a child again, right? Like we talked about. Or I started to talk about how being a child of the 80s, they talk about 2020, right? All the time. Yep. You know, 2020. That's every the car ga- for 2020. Every gas can will be on fire in the street, yes. right? And all of the vehicles will look like this. I don't know. Yeah. It looked kind of like a Fiero to me. I'm just I, being honest. Fiero was a badass car when I was in <laughs> six years If you had a mustache and you were a gym teacher. Yeah, what I mean. It, what it reminded me of is uh, I always said that the Pontiac Aztec was ahead of its time. I mean, well the, ahead of its time. The yes, Pontiac Aztec created an entire category of vehicle. And I think that that's what he did again. And because he totally blew away every form factor. Yep. Cars don't need to look the way that they look yep. when you remove the reasons why they need to look yeah, like, like that. Like crumple zones. You don't need those. Mm-hmm. Review mirrors. Don't, don't need, need those. Bulletproof and, and, windows. And listen, man, I know that, that all that Giant was, ball bearings <laughs> to throw at traffic. I know that the thing is smoke and mirrors, right? Um, there's this great uh, YouTube channel. If you don't follow it, you should. I believe it's called... Um, uh, explained by engineers or engineering explains and it just broke down why like the Tesla versus the Ford was bullshit and why this can't work whatever whatever but I applauded the innovation man yeah. I mean for Good nothing for else it, it it took a lot to get out there and be like I think this is this is the right you know answer. who's number one on that list is Joe Rogan he's gonna get the first one of course why they're buddies you? Why wouldn't? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's gonna smell smoking, smoking, It's gonna smell dope. It's gonna smell like weed. So, <laughs> when it rolls so up. I am that pre-smoked. I am giving a gift of the bourbon that he was drinking, and uh, a simulated marijuana cigarette that caused the um, stock to tank seven percent as a Christmas gift to a fellow nerd. 
that I'm excited to give away. So, all right. So you, you got the truck. What else you got? Anything else? Man, those were my major ones. I, I you know, the return That's of cool. retail stores, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, the fact that, you know, a lot of digitally native brands, I think latest number is that digitally native brands have opened about 1700 retail stores. So there's like Bonobos. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, you know, there's like, uh, I think, uh, the folks at Warby Parker, mm-hmm. Allbirds, um, Tacovas here in Austin. That's right. Um, Away has done some of that, so that's kind of Away's cool. in some trouble right now. Oh man, did you see that? I did. Do we want to wade into that? I don't. Okay. I well, don't. What happened? Oh, I, all oh. I know is I did call them out as some of my favorite entrepreneurs. I think when we started this podcast, it's yeah, the, the duo that started it, and now there's you want to explain Away. Man, I'm I'm probably not going to touch that one, but I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, smart. Away. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. Shh. What are you talking about? So, Toxic culture. Uh, away suitcase yeah a better way to travel yes they um some folks released a lot of the slack messages that they're they had a very what they would call transparent um culture and so everything went on slack and there was Mm -hmm. like no private channels and they just the founders just excoriated if that's even a word i think that's I think how it's pronounced it. excoriated yeah whatever but we were drinking yeah, so exactly they did that <laughs> to a lot of to a lot of people um but you know what man i i read that i read all the slack messages mm-hmm. if you really go through them mm-hmm. they're not they're not good they're not good they're definitely not good but they're not the worst yes right? if you really get down to the bottom of it i think that article was actually pretty tough on her um, and Slack you know, actually has a featured customer page for away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing I the she's, ideal suitcase to market with Slack. Probably not. That's probably not going to stay on their website yeah. very long. But anyway, go, I'd say go, go read the, the article, but actually read the slacks and then tell me if you thought that's a lot of work. Yeah. I just make this goes, yeah. this goes or, or just do what everybody else does, which is read fake. the headline and say she's which terrible, is, which is the deep fake of what I talked yes, about. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's hard work for hard work. And yeah. Speaking of things I don't want to touch, the Peloton commercial came, came to mind. Man, you, I mean, Peloton, Away, and most recently FedEx. Did you guys see what happened to FedEx? They're getting what, hammered. Yeah, with the... So, uh, you know, there are they some... They got delisted tra- from Amazon. There are some tragic things that happened to FedEx this year that are very sad in terms of, like, deaths and robberies and things like this, of drivers and stuff. But they're... Uh, yeah, they got essentially delisted by Amazon for third-party shippers for their inability to essentially do their job, which is to deliver packages on time. I mean, um, so a lot of politics in that, though. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I also read at the same time I read this article um, as posted in the lab's newsletter about how Amazon is now its number one carrier. Mm-hmm. Amazon themselves are the number one carrier delivering 3.5 billion deliveries. They handled themselves saying F you to everybody. So, you know, it, it, preview for 2020 predictions. Yeah. Amazon is going to probably get some antitrust scrutiny. And I, I think the, the, so, year, so, the year may very well be so where politicians the, finally the, catch the prediction up. prediction is not a prediction. But like that is happening. But here's, my, yes. here, here's actually my anti-prediction. I think we're well on our way for antitrust. I think if you go back to the beginning of this year, we talked about that as a prediction. We say that at least once a year. Yeah, but I, th- I think you're, the only time we're going to hear it in 2020 is when the election cycle heats up and people are going to chat shit about oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then nothing's gonna happen because everyone's so obsessed with what's going on with trump mm-hmm. i think people are too too distracted right now so no no antitrust this year 
I don't think so. Okay. Oh man, Ooh. wait till Bernie gets into office. Only talk. He's breaking all that shit Only up. Only talk about it. Like no, he'd be no like, actual action. I can't. I in my lifetime, go up in a rocket or get as good as Larry David at Bernie Sanders. <laughs> like, which one am I going to pursue with my time? And I think it's it's tough because yeah. I would love to be able to do a Bernie Sanders impersonation. I spent a lot of time trying to do both. Is that I, what you're like when you say? split your effort, you need a job. Like trying to get the space <laughs> or being a great Bernie Sanders impersonator. But if Bernie gets into office, he's breaking all that shit. Everything's going to be a small business. So when I look back at 20, 2019, it seems like forever ago, doesn't mm-hmm. it? My goodness. Uh, three things come to mind is what I think are uh, indicators and inflection points of major shifts. First thing would be... Um, uh, Apple and its credit card, the, the the financial services of Apple with the pairing of Goldman, which we covered mm-hmm. quite in depth in a yeah. few episodes ago. I thought that was a, a massive shift um, in acknowledging that uh, there's an end to what you can provide. And when you need to provide something else, uh, we need to capture your data. What better data can you get than financial data? So that is made a thing and everyone went crazy, even though it stains inside of wallets and <laughs> denim, which is like, so, uh, still nobody who has an Apple phone wears denim. Still, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully organic, um, organic farm right. raised denim. Hemp, hemp rope pants. <laughs> but, but I thought that was a, that was a major indicator. You say hemp woke pants? Hemp rope. Oh, rope, okay. I'm rope, going with rope. hemp woke hemp pants. Hemp woke pants. I think I just That's came up with a new yeah. brand idea. That you are <laughs> Fulfilled by Amazon. Woke jeans. <laughs> Copyright vignettes. <laughs> oh, woke jeans. Be woke. I can see him now. Um, <laughs> but one of the That's reasons, awesome. one of the reasons that I saw it was the, um, the blending of these guys. You guys, it's not that funny. I fucking crushed that. <laughs> You guys should high five right now. Mm. Kiss each other. Sweet. We'll stop at the five. Um, but it was the blending of services and and like two giants coming after an emerging market. Three hundred million subscribers Apple has right now. They're trying to trying to get to four hundred million. Unbelievable. Um, that was a major shift. Um, the next two are super interesting. We'll go with um, the fact that Ninja left Twitch for Mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitch online watch people do whatever they was want. Was that a paid move or a choice move? Choice and paid. Hmm. Um, in, in that a, order. In, in the, yes. It was, it was his choice because he was upset with Twitch. Mixer came in. They brought the bag and they're like, I got you. Come over here. And, and why it's important to me is because um, it switched the power from the platform to the creator. Mm-hmm. So forever, the platforms have had the power, right? We got the mm-hmm. marketing budget. We got the audience. We'll do all this stuff. And he's like, I, I have all this. I actually don't need you. I'm going to go wherever I feel like. And... I don't really care about watching people play video games online. And like I said, it's not this thing that I'm interested in. It's the trend. And when you look at YouTube stars, um, Netflix, it's a, it's a ground up effort. And this is one of the, the tent poles of attention that I think it got. And then if the, you are yeah. over the age of 35 and don't know what, <laughs> yeah, do you want to give us a little what, background what on that? Phase clan is like, just go read about it right now it's phase fucking crazy clan? is it fozzy i don't know what the I, fuck you i don't even know what you don't know what phase clan is it's no. phase yeah it's Go. talk capital f small a capital z, z professional e. esports organization yeah. it is a it's an esports organization so they have teams yep but then they also have creators that are just youtube stars right and they most of it is around gaming but these guys just and gals just create all sorts of, I think I said gals, which is, uh, it shows which that I'm over the age years of old, 90. Yeah. I'm sorry with the doing? friends on top. How are you? Yeah, yeah. It's anyway, debatable. <laughs> so they, um, but then they get all these creators together. They have a house in LA that's like a $15 yeah, million yeah. Dollar house and all these people live together. Anyway, but it, it is a 
money money printing machine. Like they are, they're doing apparel, they're doing actual like gaming and winning prize money and sponsorships, and then just huge like YouTube, Instagram. Dude, streams. it's insane. Hey, just go read about it. I'm the, not gonna even so try. So if you to go on, about. so if you go into Fozzy Clan, Faze Clan, F A Z E C L A N dot com. At the bottom is their YouTube link, and you go on the introducing phase mongrel. That video that came out five months ago has almost five million views, and it's just him doing Fortnite, going yeah. around and actually being kind of shitty at it. Like I'm watching it right now; it's not good. I mean, it's like your typical fourth grader. And for those of you who don't know what Fortnite is, it's like Mario Brothers, except not good. That's true. That's okay. exactly what yeah. it is. All right. Anyway, Brandon, sorry, go ahead. The echoes of a different generation yes, are yes. penetrating yes. your ears right now. I'm so hip. But, um, but again, just the power shift, I think, is, is made yeah. a massive, man. That, that's, a, that's a cultural touch point to me. Uh, and then the other one, speaking of culture, the vape culture, I think is fascinating. Oh, and these two stories kind of go together, right? And it gets what, it, what we're getting into is this um, pseudo-censorship. So <clears throat> uh, Instagram, Facebook came out a long time ago and said all this stuff and didn't really do anything. Instagram has finally come out and said that they're removing vaping influencers from their platform. So what the fuck is a vaping influencer? I mean, you talk about being from a different generation. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. it's, it's so vaping it's like itself. vape in a cool way? Yeah. So, yes. it's, so they have, yeah. The, yeah, God, we're so Smoke old. rings? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they have vape competitions about biggest cloud, best trick, longest standing this and that. And so essentially vaping is the... Uh, e-cigarettes right so mm-hmm. liquefied uh nicotine with some other concentrate to make you look like somebody i don't really want to talk to but mm-hmm. uh it's got this whole culture around it and i think it's it's odd right because prior to that apple came out and removed all vaping apps from its app store like the jewel had an app right that's right and and but vaping itself and is not illegal it is you know the fda is not commented on it yeah. right they are commenting on cbd which we talked about a little bit earlier the rise and fall of cbd right um they're getting involved with cbd but they've not taken a stance on vaping but hadn't there been a big push to outlaw um or maybe not outlaw yet but recommend no flavors yes because all the vaping companies or most of them have taken out because it's all like mango yeah. strawberry lemonade yep. stuff right and they feel like it's targeted Ugh. at kids but again in and of itself it's not illegal but apple is making it impossible for them to do business. So they're, they're playing this pseudo FDA role, which I think is, is fascinating. And it's just this weird censorship thing that's going on around vaping, around CBD. All Cause stuff. where so do you stop? Where do you start? Who, who's to call yeah. shots? So yeah. whether or not I agree with the fact that you shouldn't be able to vape and you shouldn't have a doubt, like, isn't it a, I mean, we live in a capitalist society. Isn't it a vaping company's right to put... Like, I don't know. And so it, I, I don't just, have hard data behind this, but most of the people that I see vaping and vaping with skill, the little tricks you talked about earlier, they don't look like they're overrun with extra cash. They don't look like they've got Cadillac insurance plans. It's predatory. It, and, and, in well, I mean, it's, it's, it's typical. The You know, the reality is the vast majority of smokers are not wealthy elites, right? They're actually probably blue collar or paycheck to paycheck. And you look at it and my challenge is not whether or not people vape. I think if you're stupid enough to do something like that, have at it. That's your choice. It's when the government taxes have to pick up the check and that's where it really like it's a real issue for me because right now like like oh well we know there's a sickness we don't know what causes it you don't know that sucking down lungfuls of this synthetic (laughs) shit is causing lung disease like we don't need a a lot of scientists to jump in on this one um so i hope they they 
push it out because it's it's a it's a health crisis waiting to happen. I, I guess what what I'm getting at with why it's interesting is that you have somebody who is not supposed to have any business in telling you what's healthy or not, telling you what's healthy or not. I'm not saying I'm against the decision. I'm just saying it yep. is interesting. Yeah, it is a slippery slope, man. I mean, you look at Twitter and you look at banning political ads and all mm-hmm. of those things. When you start to get into regulating things that are not regulated by the government, at the end of the day, though, these are private companies and they should be able to do that. I believe the problem is they're not set up to do that. And so I don't think that Apple, they probably do a better job than almost anybody else in the App Store, yes. but they take this sort of user-centric approach, which is we want to make sure there's no viruses. We want to make sure that there's not a lot of malware that gets on our user's phones because that protects our identity. They also make sure there's no pornography. You know, there's other things that they really have that are censored um, inside the store. Google has kind of taken the opposite approach where it's more just a bit of a free-for-all. I think the challenge becomes as the world gets bigger and bigger, Apple's not going to be able to be consistent. No. There's just no way as they continue to grow and enter new markets, there's no way for them to play just the overall, um, I don't know, virtue cop. The virtual signaling. Yeah, right? You know, there's, yeah. So so I don't disagree with it. I actually think it's a smart move. I, I think they right. should do it. But, I, I do but it, well. it will be challenging. I think as long forward. as there's Facebook, Apple's not in any danger of looking bad in the situation. <laughs> like as long as Facebook's around, uh, Apple's gonna look fine. My question is, from an App Store perspective, I'm just gonna be real French about this. Why is it okay to ban sexually graphic apps, but not vaping apps? Why Why is it okay to lay down yeah, one set of rules and not another? Yeah. Like why is that? I mean the. The strict letter of the law is that pornography is illegal underneath a certain age and you can't this, that, and the other, right? But that in and of itself is why it's fascinating. So, yeah. I mean, I, I believe that people should be able to do what they want. I have a larger problem when people start to tell me that I can't do that. Um, so I don't know the answer to your question, but I, I mean... I think I, the reason why, why it is okay to sure. do that is because they're private companies. Right. So, I mean, they can do whatever they want. At the end of the day, they get to make those decisions. Now, you can choose not to deal with them or do business with them. But the challenge is that these companies now, well, that is the thing, though, is that these companies are now almost more like utilities. Mm -hmm. Try not to try not to Google something. You cannot try not to use. You can't thrive. You can't live with an Android or an iOS device. There's just not a lot of try not to, you know, buy something on Amazon. Yeah, there's a you can do it, but it's really hard. And I think that the problem is that these companies have gone from being private companies to things that people rely on. The public utility. Bad on the people who rely on them, myself included. Mm-hmm. Right, we're putting way too many eggs in one basket. But the flip side is, I mean, they get to do what they want to do until somebody tells them that they don't. And I'm not really sure that I think the government is the right group to tell them what they should do. Exactly. They're probably better at it than the regulators. And, and that's why I picked this as one of my most fascinating yeah. things in 2019. Because when you talk about this, you talk about almost everything that rules our modern life. True. From design, data, privacy, so smart. governance. Look at he's, always gonna, he's always oh, going to make man. the big swing at the end Seriously. of the podcast. All right, we got to get out of <laughs> here. We're our weakest yeah. and you want to do one, one cool thing? Absolutely. Or I got one... the coolest thing of 2019. You go first. You got one? I got the most creepy thing go for of 2020. Okay. Oh, Wall yeah. Street Journal article came out today talking about tracking so if you don't know when you open a weather app when you open pretty much any app they've got a pixel in there or an sdk something that tracks 
your location and translates it usually transmits that to somebody who's aggregating that location data. So they essentially sell your data. Well, uh, I, I think it was Wall Street Journal. No, New York Times. New York Times went through and did a story where they looked at, they somehow got access to a company, undisclosed company's location data that they've been collecting on millions and millions of users. And I, we are in this business. We know this stuff happens, yep. but not to this level. They were able to look at people who had been at the Trump inauguration and those who were on one side of the fence, um, which was supporters. They were able to look at protesters. Oh, they were God, also able to look at Austin's cops. got it up on the screen. Yeah. It's horrifying. They were, and then the follow Pentagon. those people to their homes and associate you with being a protester at a Trump rally yep. and then know where you work, know where you live, know everywhere you go. Um, they were able to follow celebrities. They were able to look at people's homes and determine where they're. I mean, it's oh. it's just go go check it out. Really good reporting. Really interesting. Twelve also million really phones, creepy. One data set, zero privacy. And uh, I think you're writing. I think you got a South by Southwest panel, right? I What's do. It I do. It's yeah, called. I did that segue. That's awesome. Yeah. We also have a book to pitch before we close That's this up. <laughs> um, you're at fucking data point, and you love it. And yep. we're going to be doing um, a presentation about how even though people spend a lot of time talking about privacy. The reality is they're addicted to the utility that most of these tools that are privacy reapers um, throw off um, and, and the, the lifestyle that they encourage. So we're going to talk about like the balance between what people want and what people expect. What, what's the name of that again? You're a fucking data point and you love it. I, we were you talked should, about so this on our trip this week. You know, just like a random generator, like a controlled test for South sure. by applications. Like, yeah, like yeah. you're a chode. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah. that's as good as anything else for South by. Um, so we talk about these things called send it around the room moments. Uh, most recent one was a Walmart sweater that looked like a snowman doing cocaine where essentially before this thing goes live, you should just ask everybody, Hey, does anybody see a problem with this? Um, you recently saw North Dakota's, uh, meth. We're on it. We're on it. That, uh, cost the taxpayers $450,000. <laughs> um, but you should have sent that line around the room. Uh, we can talk about your word order, uh, after we. Funniest thing I saw because it should be you. You are a data point, and you fucking love it because you are a fucking data point. You love it. That has a different meaning. But go ahead. You're right. I gotta get this Walmart sweater, by the way. Oh, I saw that is one coked up snowman. I'm gonna close out with a funny damn tweet that they cited, which was. Um, my dad thought that White Claw was the new LaCroix and he was drinking one on the way to work every morning until I told him what it was. That really made my week. I, uh, that was uh, that's brilliant. So is, is your South by Talk the coolest thing in 2019? You got something real quick? No. Okay. I, I don't know. Well, the coolest uh, thing. My family, my, my awesome family and my great fortune. They don't. That's the coolest listen, thing in 2019. I love them so much. Uh, my coolest thing of 2019, because I have a very short term memory, uh, happened December 8th just the other day and it talks about how the big three apple google amazon are getting together finally in yes. 2020 and creating a single unifying language for iot and your smart home which will allow for greater convenience greater ease but more importantly greater privacy because if you want to get really creeped out just look up the fact that people are uh hacking your smart homes and talking to your children while they're in the bed it's pretty terrifying. But I think that's the coolest, one of the most promising things other than uh, some other cool shit that we'll talk about when we get back from break. Uh, for Ben, for James, for sound engineer Austin, this is your friend Brandon Gredler. That was 2019. 2020 is around the quarter. Talk to you soon. Be good to one another. Bye. Have a great holiday, everyone. And buy Embracing Irrationality on Amazon. It's pre-order for right Kindle now. Pre-order on Amazon best right now. Christmas, best right. Christmas book. If you want to give a friend a life-improving opportunity, 
get that book for them. Adios. Adios.